everybody. Hello, hello. So I am loving this whole little graphic for the Zoom kind of thing. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. What do we think about a graphic that goes along with the weekly Zoom rather than doing, I know in the past we did notes on the whiteboard in here. Um, and then I think a lot of people just like the authentic talking, you know, without the, the background and stuff. But I kind of love the graphic idea. Tell me in the chat, are you a fan? And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go over to the uh, Facebook page and make sure you save those two graphics because uh, we're going to discuss those today. It's going to be the basis for our call today. And I think we're going to do that in the future because I just, I don't know, it was like cool to take my notes and everything and put it on a graphic that you guys can have as well. So after the Zoom, you guys have something from it. You can actually create an album in your um in your photo album on your phone, create a separate CCA album and save these right to there. So you always have that kind of backlog to match up with the Zooms. Did you break anything? I dropped something very loud. Um, okay, so seeing you guys in the chat are loving it. Awesome. So make sure you have it on hand. Today, we're gonna talk about how to feed ourselves every single day. So. This is an interesting thing because I encounter people who have all kinds of diet type of backgrounds, whether they have ever dealt with binge eating, whether they've dealt with illnesses and just trying to find foods that were flaring that up and elimination diets. I have all different kinds of people with different, different history in regards to food. You've heard me talk about the Minnesota starvation experiment before. I think I brought it up in the last Zoom even. And I think it's really important to mention because essentially we've all been Minnesota starvation um, experimented, right? We we have that that broken relationship with food, with our bodies, with what's acceptable to the point where sometimes it gets so confusing that you lose the desire for food. And then your body gets used to not eating during the day. And if something that is not, especially for those of us in here who are neurodivergent, you factor in food aversion, textural issues, sensory issues, managing it with time. And the fact that it's sometimes even just not the food itself, feeding ourselves becomes such a high dopamine requiring activity that doesn't really pay off a whole lot of dopamine in response. Because either you don't know if you're eating the right thing or it's hell to get it together. So it just gets backburnered because we're not hungry. And society tells us that's even better. Who, who can relate to that whole sentiment? And again, even if you don't have appetite issues, today's planning will be something you could definitely utilize, probably have an easier time with it. Um, but from what I just said, who does that sound relevant or relatable? Tell me in the chat. See a bunch of yelps, 100%, a thousand million percent can relate. People side eye me if I do eat. Yeah, which is so frustrating, especially when... Hold on, Mia, drop it, drop it. These dogs with the Christmas decorations, there's like little decorative pine needles and Mia's just licking them all, all up off the floor on the horizon behind the computer. Sorry. So yeah, you know, um, it's super frustrating because people judge us if we eat, but really it's worse for us, especially with our weight too, with hormonal imbalance and all of this, if we're not eating. So it's just, Pardon language, any kids listening, but it's like a big mind fuck because it's like, well, which way do I win here? You know, um, food becomes a nightmare. And I mean, what are we really eating during the day? That's so groundbreaking that we're like, oh, I'm so excited to stop, you know? So it all kind of adds up and then we're busy and it's sometimes annoying to have to stop what we're doing to have to eat when all that nonsense is making it an unpleasant situation to begin with. And before you know it, it's 4 p.m. And you barely eaten. <clears throat> I'm still getting my voice back. Sorry, guys. So today, my hope was, I mean, I, I started out with like little bullet points on this graphic. And then in true ADHD, Michelle fashion, I have slowly added to these things. But if you have that graphic pulled up for how to feed yourself every single day, part one, on here, we're going to go from, I mean, the way I wrote it was kind of like left to right in terms of how the day is going to go right? And then on to the next column, uh, next row and so on. So here in this first box, and I want to hear what you guys think about this. Okay. 
I wrote here, have a kickstart, which is something that I go and list out on the next page, right? Have a kickstart, something that's higher protein and a little bit higher fat. Um, that's easy to get down first thing in the morning. And it doesn't have to be a huge amount. We're talking a few bites. Okay. And then food, not caffeinated coffee. Okay. So now knowing that everybody in here is in different, you know, has different baby steps, you're at different places. Um, what do you guys think about that first box as it pertains to you? Tell me in the chat. Having a kickstart, something that is just higher protein, higher fat, easy to get down, quick, few bites down the hatch, not going for coffee. What do you guys think about that? Tell me in the chat. I see here, I don't usually eat for two hours until after I wake up and it's egg bites. I have decaf. Awesome. Breakfast is the one meal I'm good to remember or plan for. So I like it. Breakfast has been so important. It keeps me away from binging at night. Absolutely. We set the tone for our whole day. I hate these. Like all I eat is like a, a kibble of something and a salad all day. But then at night, you know, I, I eat the largest meal of the whole day. I can't stop myself. Well, yeah, it's survival. Your body's like feed me, you know, yeah, of course we forget about that. And it's been helpful to me to just take a random bite of something and not end up lightheaded. That's really all it is, you know, is um, I talk about the show all the time. I highly recommend it if you don't watch it, but Naked and Afraid mm -hmm. is one of my favorites because I swear to God, I watch it and I feel like I derive like lessons that I see with you guys. Um, like the fact that they notice cognitive decline when they haven't eaten all day. The fact that like they're, you know, they're trying to survive off of calories and the protein that they can get. And they're just trying to find whatever they can get. You know, they're not sitting here like, oh, let me get the quinoa. Let me get the kale. Let me get like, what? <laughs> you know, if things get so convoluted. It doesn't have to be so complicated. Just fuel, just put something down the hatch. It's going to not, you know, it's going to end starvation. I think it's helpful because if I don't have that in the morning, I become nauseous and I, oh, it's the worst. Hunger nausea is the worst um, and do not have an appetite until late afternoon and evening and then binge during those hours. Absolutely. Um, also high protein and fat helps me stay fuller longer than carbs. I personally feel irritable and crappy all day if I eat high carbs early in the morning. Yeah. You know, and that's an interesting point too, because some people do really well with the carbs on the earlier portion of the day. And then some people don't do well with that in the beginning of the day. It has a lot to do with insulin resistance as well. Um, and on top of that, if you're having carbs in the morning, you can get away with more carbs as long as the rest of it's very protein focused to compensate for that so that it lasts. It doesn't spike you in the morning, like spike your blood sugars in the morning because you're eating a lot of carbs. And then there's nothing there to keep it sustained. And that drop is what's causing that crash. Right. So, but in the morning, if we're not really eating a lot to begin with, I always say it's easier, it's better safe than sorry to go more the protein route to avoid that crash. If you end up, you know what I mean? Like if you're not eating a lot to begin with, it ends up being more carb than protein. And then, you know, a couple hours later. Um, but I definitely think it's about finding what you feel the best with in the morning. Cause some clients, it's very obvious. Like they, do not feel well eating a certain way in the morning versus others. So finding that out for ourselves is really important. That's why, you know, um, the kickstart, like the next page, I listed out some examples of kickstarts in the morning. I want you guys to figure those out for you. You know, the, the concept I'm teaching you today is not the what, like I mentioned, it's the how. So if you can take this concept and apply it to things you like and your schedule, then it'll be able to be easily maintained. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Um, yeah. Mid afternoon, mid afternoon fatigue, same thing. Like I, if I, I need to have something that's like kind of higher fat in the morning, that's how my blood sugars don't just keep dropping. And then that's how I don't just end up having like a complete fatigue slump midway through the day. Um, some people do better with more carb. It's personal in that regard. I think breakfast is just so doesn't have to be huge but it's so personal and it really sets the tone for the rest of the day. So 
And at the end of this, after I go through the spiel, we'll do Q&A. So if you guys have questions as I run through this list, write them down and then hit, hit, them, hit me with them at the end, okay? So <clears throat> after that morning kickstart and then having food, not caffeinated coffee, um, those of you who've been with me for a while, that's, you know, already, you know, that spiel. If you're newer and that is not your baby step yet, text me because I don't want you overdoing it. Okay. So next, next box on here is take five minutes in the morning to map out your day and eat the frog. If you guys are newer and you haven't gone through eat the frog, that is a video I would recommend watching for sure. Um, it's in the classroom. It's on the Facebook page. If you search it, if you can't find it, ask me or any coach will send it over, but eat the frog. When we work with you guys through mapping out your day in the morning and writing out your, like your mandatory appointments, your things you must get done that day, the things you would like to get done, but it's not a big deal, right? How often do you guys put food in that list? Especially the ones who have a hard time with appetite, right? If you do eat the frog, do you include meal times? Do you include what to like buying food or, you know, when you're going to make it, or is it just the non-negotiables, the mandatories are the meetings that somebody else is expecting us to be present for? Because congratulations, if that's the case, that's common. It's like super common, you know, but that's the hard part is feeding ourselves, even though there have been so many things that have programmed us to think it's not that important. We know it's important. Just like we know drinking water is important, right? It's about making it actually stick and become a part a part of our priorities, no matter how crazy things are. That's really hard, you know? Um, but it's usually when other people, it's something that they're going to be expecting of us. It We're allowed to, yeah, I see here a bunch of people, I never include food ever, right? We're kind of programmed to fit it in where we can, right? And then we're like, why can't I get this? Why can't I be consistent? Because it's not consistently a part of your day's priorities because of a million reasons, right? So it's hard to kind of jump in and be like, all right, here's where I'm going to prioritize food without it being diet culture-y. So that's why starting your five minutes in the morning, like it, it seems like you got to go, like you wake up. Those of you who are really busy in the morning, you might feel, oh my God, I have to, I'm off to the races. But I promise you, it's the investment principle. Nobody enjoys investing at the time of giving up something. They only enjoy it when it pays off, right? Invest five minutes in planning your day in the morning before the chaos seeps in. And that investment will pay you back all day long because it's living somewhere out of your brain. And you have been able to focus and prioritize on right in the morning, like, you know, we're creating our agenda for the day. This is what we're doing. Boom, boom, boom. There's a dopamine, there's a sense of dopamine that like sense of dopamine. What the fuck? There's dopamine released as you complete the things on that list. You know, it's it's a whole process that you can lean on. So I really recommend definitely eat the frog in the morning. And those are great videos to watch if you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about or you need a refresher. Okay. Um, set an alarm for lunch and for a snack before you're gonna leave work that day. Now, the reason I didn't put specific times is standard over schedule. I don't give a shit when it is, right? Just you got to eat during the day. You got to eat before. So if you know a good mile marker is like, okay, I leave work at this time, but day to day can range in, what, in terms of what you're busy doing. Well, then that day when you're creating your plan in the morning, look at your appointments, see what your day is going to be like and pick two realistic times to eat something whenever the hell they are before you leave work that day or you sign off if you're working from home, right? And then keep the freaking food by you. That is huge. If you can get it, like, if you're like, well, I keep it in the fridge, I blah, blah, blah. If you keep it in the fridge and you do actually get up, go get your food, eat it every day, and you're not bringing home the same food you brought to work every single day because you got too busy. If that works out for you, leave it in the fridge. If you're noticing that I try, I try, I try, but this is not working out for me. Either they don't bring anything I can put in the fridge and I don't eat lunch or I don't stop to go get it. If it's not working easily, scrap it and re-strategize. And if you need to have something on you instead, then we need to reconfigure something that won't go bad if you don't have it in a fridge. And you this way, your alarm goes off, you take a bite. Right. And that's what I wrote for the next one here. Lunch alarm goes off, 
take one bite before hitting snooze. Like, cause if you have it right in front of you, your alarm goes off bite snooze. If let's be honest, we all snooze alarms, right? Maybe you didn't foresee a conversation going on as long as it did in the morning, or you have ADHD. So you started something else, whatever. If your alarm goes off and it's not a conducive time to eat, you can probably eight out of 10 times, I would say, still be able to take a bite and keep doing what you're doing. The reason for that is it's like a little mini appetizer. It gets your palate wanting more. So if you take a bite of something, your body will say, okay, there's a prevalence of food. I can be hungry and it'll help you with your hunger cues, which will help with the food aversion and help it not feel like such a chore. You'll actually seek out food if you do that. So when your alarm goes off, just make the deal with yourself. I can snooze it, but I got to take a bite first. Seems like a silly rule, but I promise for some reason it freaking helps. Ask me how I know. <laughs> Famous for snoozing every alarm. So, okay. If you need to go for takeout at work, if the, if the options are, if you didn't bring anything to work, no one's going to give you 50 lashings here, okay? But if you didn't bring something to work to eat and the options are either takeout or nothing, I still want you to go get takeout. If any medical professional ever tells you that it is more beneficial for you to starve all day than to take your ass to a McDonald's, if that's your only option, then they should be stripped of their license because there's nothing rooted in health in that message. Done. That's my little disclaimer for that. So that being said, you know, if you're, if you're in that situation, there's still ways to feel in control of the situation, right? So you would look at what your baby step is. You would try to remove the baby step breaker. If you don't know how, text us about it. And if at the end of the day, you came unprepared with anything, guess what? You're going to wake up tomorrow and we could do it all over again. And you could be better prepared then because you learned from this situation. But don't feel defeated by not having the perfect lunches you're bringing with you, by having to pick something fast, by not knowing what the hell to pick and needing help. There's no defeat in this. We're just simply trying to eat. This isn't a competition of who does it best. Okay. Um, calories are what matters most, not meals. I was mentioning this before. Meals are great if you want a meal, if you have access to a meal, if it's the timing allows for one. But if it doesn't, there's still ways to enjoy what you're eating or just get it down your gullet and move on with your day, right? Because calories are all that matters. So if we can be clever about calories, collecting calories, I wrote here like tokens, quote unquote. If we could collect those calories like tokens, like some heavy cream in a drink, a piece of cheese, you know, uh, like every time I'm walking by the fridge in my house, I'm trying to think of something that I can take out of the freezer for later because it takes me about three times walking by to actually do it, my ADHD and thaw something. You know, like these are not ideal but if you want to start thinking, like, how do I get my calories in the best? Like, how do I hack this? How do I add a little here, add a little there? You know, that's going to help bring those calories up because those aren't calories. Like, I just want to sit around and gain weight. I'm not, I'm not fattening myself up for, you know, for the harvest. <laughs> like, it's because our body utilizes those things. They're necessary. Okay. So I wrote here, consider them bursts quote unquote. And then on the next page, I listed out some bursts that I'll help you guys pick different ones, but pick bursts. If you just have them around you, you have various snacks in your bag. It doesn't mean you're going to eat them all, but just give yourself opportunities to collect calories throughout the day. And it'll be easier. That's like half the battle having access to it. So portion foods into individual portions when you get home from the store or your groceries arrive, meaning you know, take the um, the big piece of salmon you got or whatever, break it down into, into what a dinner portion would be typically. You can have more than one. You don't have to stick to one, but it's just for freezing purposes and thawing. Um, and if you break them down into smaller amounts, they thaw quicker. Also ask me how I've made this a hack, how many times I have just full on had a plan of what I was going to make to eat that day and took nothing out of the freezer. You know, so you break it all down into individual portion sizes and you freeze it that way. I like to just shove stuff in the freezer right away because it, if I put it in the fridge to decide what I'm going to eat or what I need to freeze, the chances, I don't know if anyone's done this, that I will forget and then feel like really skeeved out to eat it the next day. 
maybe not the next day, day after I'm like, it's been out too long. Like, you know, I just, if I had it my way, I wouldn't probably eat up a lot of meat, honestly, as I get older, I don't know if anyone else notices that, but like, as I get older, it's just, I naturally gravitate away from it. So portioning it out just makes me feel like it's a little, a little more just transactional and something I have to do rather than sitting there and dwelling on it. I don't know my brain. So, and then last one here, and then I'm going to go back and read these um, comments in the chat. Last one here is, and I don't want this to sound like ableist at all, right? Like I, this is how I would talk to myself, honestly. And you guys know when I'm a little like hard ass on you, it's like not my favorite. Am I lagging on your end or just on mine? Anybody? Okay. I hope it's just on my end. Anyway, so um, I really don't want this to come across as um, insensitive at all. There's probably outliers to this statement. So text me if you feel any kind of way. That's probably a good dialogue for us to have. I mean it. But quote unquote, no excuses, right? That, that meaning if you want to get takeout because you want to get takeout, get takeout. But don't feel like if you're exhausted, I don't want to cook. I have fallen into that trap myself. And it's not that it's like, it's just that I just don't feel like it, right? But it does, if you have easy ways to make stuff, you don't have to spend so much money on takeout. It has gotten ridiculous, ridiculous with all the fees with DoorDash and everything. You think like one little cheap, like, oh, what's $25 for one thing? That's not that bad. It's like, to get the stuff to make that from the store is a fraction of the cost. And, you know, it adds up. So I don't mean to be preachy, but I get it because I feel like I don't always feel up to cooking. I'm exhausted. I mean, if I've had 10 calls that day, I'm pacing around all day as I'm on the phone, neurodivergent, right? So like, I'm exhausted by the end of the day or my body's got issues too. But even then you could take a piece of something, sauce it up with something and throw it in an air fryer. And I promise you, it might, it'll probably be just as satisfying, if not more satisfying than some subpar thing you're going to order off DoorDash just because it's there. Um, or eating something you're going to feel like shit about later that's obviously delicious by default, but that wasn't a, a moment you felt mindful in choosing. It was something you felt out of, oh, I'm too exhausted. Okay, fuck it tomorrow. You know, whatever you're going to eat is always allowed, but you make sure you do it from a place of choice and, and like being present and feeling good about it. So not have it be something that lingers, you know, because then food just gets too much power. You throw that shit in the air fryer. I promise you. If How many of you guys have had me literally harassing you to play chopped with me? It is my favorite thing in the world. Do you guys know what? Have I, I don't think I've told everyone about it. So chopped is I want you either. You send me a picture of your pantry or your fridge and let me sort it out and I will help you make a meal or I'll ask you questions about stuff or pick six random things from your fridge or your pantry, put them on a counter and send me a picture. I will ask you questions and help you make a meal out of it. I love doing that shit. That's how I got by throughout college. <laughs> Fun story time. I made friends with the guys that lived in the only uh, dorms that had kitchens in them. And I had my car on campus. So I said, I'll drive you guys to the grocery store. You pick out what you want to eat. I will pick the ingredients. You pay for the ingredients. Let me take home a Tupperware and we're good, right? I went to parties. I had work the next day. So I probably wasn't drinking a lot like early on, you know, when, when everyone else was drinking, but it was still illegal to drink, you know, back in those days, I was working already at that point and I didn't really drink. So I would like, everybody else would be, asked out at the house and I'd be like, do you guys have anything to eat? <laughs> and they'd be like, no, I don't, I don't have anything. And I'm like, if I found something, could I make it? And they're like, yeah, but I really don't have anything. Tell me how we'd all be eating shortly after, right? It's just been this weird survival instinct. I've been cooking for myself for a very long time, like this little kid, you know? So I love it. I love it. Use me, pick my brain and text me and be like, what the fuck do I make? I don't feel like moving an inch and I will help you. Okay. doesn't have to be gourmet or anything, but I got hacks and it's easier to share them with you that way when it's situation by situation, hands on, than it is to write it all out for you in a giant recipe book. Because 
spoiler, I don't follow recipes. You see how I write recipes for God's sake? Come on. <laughs> I hate recipes. So, okay. Um, let's read these comments. I want to know, I, sorry, I had like a brain fart, it's like water on the motherboard. Um, I'm going to read these comments that I have here in the chat, but in the meantime, I want you guys to, you know, tell me what your thoughts are on this. What were some of the, the things that stand out to you? What was your favorite one we went over? Tell me your thoughts. Okay. Never, I have a to-do planner for work and I write down what I eat after instead of planning my day out, including what I plan to feed myself. It's an afterthought. And that can be the case too. You know, like it could be like, you could plan what to bring, like in your schedule could be throw things in the bag. And then in the moment could be the things you throw in the bag, you know, but I think having it be um, something that's prioritized at all as a, as a solid, like a mindful practice, you'll feel less chaotic about it. And um, it won't be an extra thing to stress you out in the moment. Decades of food logging. I hate it. I hate food logging. And for me, like I was diagnosed with type one diabetes at seven. So I had endocrinologists on my ass about writing down my blood sugars, writing down my meals, how much insulin I was taking. Like, and I lied a lot because I hated doing it. Um, I think that's a, an ADHD thing too, is a lot of like mundane data tracking, you know, a lot of times is like, if it's repetitive, at least for me, it makes my freaking skin crawl. I can't do it. Okay. Seriously happens to me with any alarm I have. I press snooze and a few minutes later, I'm busy doing something else and completely forgetting my alarm. Yep. Time blindness. The immediate thought before we even have a chance to rationalize it with ourselves is I'm going to do that in a minute. Let me just finish up what I'm doing right now. And then 30 minutes pass. <laughs> it's like, how did that happen? It's not intentional. It's just, it's time blindness. I'm still working on food guilt, but I will say that I feel better and have less symptoms when eating the bad options over not eating. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think for me, when I was experiencing that food guilt is I just kept reminding myself, like, I don't expect this to help everyone, but for me, I straight up said, you are rebelling not eating doesn't help you. Like you don't, you don't, when I began this journey where my head was at, this is what I had to say to myself. You're going to keep getting fatter if you don't eat <laughs> because in my brain, that is all that I could accept at that moment as my, my motivation. You know, once I started realizing the life that I got back feeding myself adequately every day and that my world wasn't over, that I could actually eat a lot more quote unquote junky foods than I previously, previously thought I could. Like once things started changing for me, it meant so much more than that. But in the beginning, it truly, the only way to get myself to feel okay about that immediate guilt is to remind myself, like your symptoms get worse when you don't eat. Like this, you're going to keep getting fatter if you don't eat. What the fuck are you doing? You know, I don't expect other people to respond to that harsh self-talk. That's why we're here. But for me, that was my quote unquote realist self, you know? Um, I don't use alarms anymore. I wake up naturally. I love that. I've worked hard on not setting any because they're very triggering to me. My ex-husband had alarms for everything. My daughter has alarms for everything. My mom has had, has alarms for everything. Too much noise for my senses. I, I could definitely understand that. It like causes an immediate adrenaline response, which is probably why I immediately snooze it. Like, ah, shut up. You know? Um, so I could definitely see that, you know, sometimes then if you, I would imagine you do you keep your um, ringer off on your phone too, like just the vibrate on. I feel like a lot of people do that now. Uh, so maybe try setting like silent alarms, like reminders. So it just pops up on the screen to be like, ta-da, nourishment, you know, whatever works. Um, just defrosted chicken and completely forgot to cook it and was spooked out to cook it. Chicken gets me every time because I just feel like, chicken wants to empty my bowels for me. Like just it's, it's mission. Um, so I cook the crap out of chicken which is why I don't make it a lot. 
If you've noticed in my stories, I've made some funky shit before I've made chicken, right? So I feel that. My kids always complain nothing is good in the house. It's all right, because one day when they're paying for their own food in their own pantries, they will literally want to come to your house and rummage and, and remember the days. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, I've been seeing that, what is on TikTok? It's like if you, if you grew up in an ingredient household versus a snack household, total ingredient household, totally. Like I was eating sardines and shit and like people were like, ew, you eat that? I'm like, it's good. Been a weirdo my whole life. Um, favorite thought. Ooh, okay, cool. Getting into our feedback from here. Favorite thought, actually plan and write out my food in the morning or night before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I forgot. Wait, I have that little tip on the bottom here. We'll talk about that after I recap this. Okay. Plan out your food the night. Yeah, if you remember the video I did on modes, where if you're already in the kitchen, do something for tomorrow that you would have to be in the kitchen for. Like get the start on that because you're already having to be there. Keep that momentum going rather than having multiple times to stop and do stuff. Um, so same thing. If you're in the kitchen, just throw some stuff in a bag. And then tomorrow when you're putting it in your schedule, like throw it in a bag, you have stuff to choose from. We had a little exercise a while. We had a little exercise a while ago where you asked if we were going to eat whatever we wanted, what it would be. I have used that daily. I don't write it down. I just wake up and think like that throughout the day. Yeah. I mean, it's truly like food freedom is such a scary sounding thing. And it sounds like the deep end. It sounds like and what even is the deep end, right? Like you're just going to land into a pile of sweet, sugary carbs and all blah, blah, blah. None of that's going to happen. Not forever. You know, like Minnesota experiment, you know, they found the refeeding stage was that it was like a, a like a madness, a refeeding madness. And then it tapered off, you know, and then there was a lot more um, work to be done. So I think just feeling like, what would you like to eat every day? And just trying to reconnect with that and that, that feeling about food before it all got so fucked up, right? I think that's really important if we're trying to think of not being feeling misery around the thing that keeps us alive. Eyelash like poking into my eye. Hold on. You ever have an eyelash shove a contact out of, out of the way? I hate that. just glitching. Don't mind me. Um, so I like the alarm idea. I have alarms and reminders for everything except remembering to eat. I'm good at eating three meals a day, but sometimes lunch and dinner are only an hour or two apart and lunch is way early and I'm starving for dinner. Yeah. So think about it. Like I hate using the buzzwords and stuff, but like quote unquote grazing, you know, where you're just kind of grabbing, collecting tokens is my version of grazing. You know, like in a video game, you're just going on about the day. Oh, see a token, get it. Try to collect those tokens, you know? Um, and I think alarms can be sometimes like a good nudge to remember to do that when that wouldn't be what we would stop to remember. And again, time blindness, you know? So, <clears throat> okay. Oh, I was terrified of food freedom. It has been so fun in my healing journey. I love that. Because it's meant to be, right? Like it's it's meant, it's so funny. In food freedom, we feel more in control, but the fear is always the opposite. I'm so happy that you're experiencing that. Yeah, collecting tokens. Um, I did a Zoom for our international clients. I put the recording on the Facebook page. If you want to check that out, collecting tokens. That's that concept. Because it's like too much noise around food. You know, sometimes, I don't know if that makes sense. And at the bottom here on the first graphic, before we move on to examples, next slide, is eat a protein-focused snack at night, dim the lights, stretch, avoid screen time, screen time. Don't avoid screen time if you can. If you can. But don't avoid screen time past 10 p.m. or at least an hour before bed. Why do you guys think I recommend all that for the sake of appetite and feeding ourselves? Why do you think those specific tips are at the bottom there and really help for the next day?
overstimulating. Yeah, that's part of it. Basically, we're trying to, um, if you think about cortisol, right, we're supposed to have cortisol all day long. It keeps us going. It manages our energy throughout the day. It's supposed to wake us up, it's supposed to keep us going throughout the afternoon, and then supposed to start tapering down by bedtime so it's out of our systems and we can just go nice peacefully to sleep. When our cortisol gets messed up from a lot of different things, right, um, it ends up affecting the quality of our sleep. When the quality of our sleep is affected, our emergency response to things are affected. And if your body is at a point where it's trying to protect you and keep you from, you know, getting in trouble because you're low energy and stuff like that, it's going to slow your appetite because you getting hungry and stopping to go get food is going to be a distraction, a potential risk. So the body will shut that down. So then you'll only get starving when you need to eat for like survival, but you won't really have any desire to eat all day long because you'll be hyper-focused on what you have to do. It's a way, and then it just creates this big cycle. So being able to wind down at night with dimming of the lights, the less light we have entering our eyes, the more our brain realizes it's later in the day. So it's cutting back on cortisol and allowing you to get that deep sleep right? So you don't want bright lights. My house, it's like mood lighting all the time because, and I don't mean like you can't see shit. I mean, like I have a lot of, besides the Christmas lights, like lamps, um, you know, you've seen my galaxy lights and stuff. Like I try to make it peaceful lighting at night all the time as much as possible. Um, it can get hard if you unwind on your phone. I get it. I love me time on my phone, honestly. Um, but I, I try to limit it to an hour before and I'll turn the light down on my TV. And that's when I watch naked and afraid at night. <laughs> that's my nice peaceful thing that I do before bed, but really dim lights. Um, but yeah, no, that definitely. And then having the snack with um, pr a protein focused snack at night. I mean, I wouldn't go the route of like a T-bone steak or a burger, right? Like that's not going to digest. It's going to sit in your stomach all night, but something like I love having um, like a couple of the baby cucumbers the whole baby cucumbers, and then um, cutting up, what is it? Kerrygold. Kerrygold's like the really sharp cheddar cheese. So good. Yeah, I forgot. I had to distinguish cheese, not the butter. I don't put butter on cucumbers, but the extra sharp cheddar, I'll cut up a bunch of pieces of that with a couple of baby cucumbers and just sit in bed and snack, literally in bed eating. I love it. It's comforting. It's relaxing. My blood sugar stays stable throughout the night. Um, and it's yummy, you know, so that it all helps with that peaceful setting of the tone for the evening, which is really important. Okay. Um, I know personally doing nighttime routine and especially having a protein before bed will not have me up all night eating. Exactly. So for those of you, sometimes like, um, sleep eating is a thing. Um, also just waking up like starving and feeling like it's morning, even though it's the middle of the night a thing that's all hormonal. So having that protein and that extra little bit of something before bed actually just curbs that. So love it. Okay. Let's go over to the next slide here. Make sure I see the time. Okay. Try to wrap this up shortly. So kickstarts, these are like I was saying before, just come up with a list of quick calorie dense, easy, protein driven kind of foods that you can use almost like a, a, a supplement to your day, right? Like you take a supplement as like a medicine or like something to help boost something. Think of this as like a calorie supplement. It's just a quick little something in the morning. Doesn't have to be huge. Down the hatch and you're going to notice that it's easier to eat throughout the day. Um, I've recently become like my current dopamine food is uh, boiled eggs. I love them. They're super easy to make. Um, I peel them all, keep them in a Tupperware in the fridge. And then at any given point, when I'm trying to quote unquote collect tokens, I will make like a little vinaigrette. I, oh my God. Okay. I'm going to type out my vinaigrette. Hold on. Let you guys have it. Okay. What do I do? I don't ever use amounts. Eyeball it guys and taste it and whatever it feels like it needs more of at it. I'm so sorry. I don't know, but it's gluten-free soy sauce. Vinegar, olive oil, 
sesame oil, like a, just a couple dashes of that, I'll say. Um, and then garlic salt. You just, oh damn it, I sent that private, sorry. Forever not working with technology. Okay, that's my basic dressing for a lot of things. Like I, I love it. I use some variation of that all the time at the retreat. You guys saw me use up very often, um, but dipping hard boiled eggs into that dressing is delicious. Seriously, don't knock it till you try it. It's so good. Um, and I love that to start the morning. Um, tea with heavy cream or coconut cream. If you're not doing dairy, nice and fatty. Um, microwavable breakfast sausage. It's just so easy. Throw it in a paper towel and microwave it. Um, I said the boiled egg, the panna cotta that I've been making. Oh my God. It, I'm going to go get one. Hold on. Please hold. It's an excuse to eat one. So what do we have one, please? Found a clean spoon. Okay. Look at this texture. I hope you can see it. Like it is not easy to see on there, but it is so, mm. I made it without any flavoring this time, just vanilla. And it tastes like vanilla ice cream in the texture of flan or creme brulee without the crust. It's so good. And what I love about them is I make it with heavy cream. So I know on like low appetite days, like I've been having lately, I start my morning with this. It's really calorie dense. Um, it's so freaking easy to make. And you could use coconut cream. I'm just going to eat this on camera, but it's so good. <laughs> I wish you could see the texture better because this one came out like so silky. I love it. It took maybe three minutes to make. So if you need that recipe, it is, I'm posting a recipe card this week, but I'll just put, I think I posted it in CCA. I'll repost it today though. Super easy. Um, Greek yogurt with sugar-free jam. The company that I like to get it from is called Good Good Jam. Really easy to find online. My Amazon store, the link is in the CCA page for that. Um, and my Greek yogurt, you guys have probably heard this hack before, but I'm going to tell you again. If you want the cheapest, best Greek yogurt you've ever had in your life, make it like the Greeks make it. We all laugh because like in Greece, they think it's the funniest thing that Americans are so obsessed with Greek yogurt now because all it is, is regular freaking yogurt strained. Like, like they put regular yogurt in a coffee filter inside of a strainer and leave it in the fridge overnight. And the extra fluid like is drained from the yogurt and the remaining yogurt is thickened as a result. And that's Greek yogurt. So if you get those cheap little like 10 for $10, like friggin' containers of yogurt at the supermarket, the unflavored, full fat, boring ass yogurt. Yeah, cheesecloth works. That, that's what they use <laughs> instead of coffee filters, but cheesecloth, cheesecloth, coffee filter, anything like that. You put it inside of like a strainer. You line it with the cheesecloth or the coffee filter. You dump the yogurt in and you put it in your fridge overnight. Tons of liquid drains out from it. It's crazy. And then it's the best. It's so, it's like thick, mild. It's not like super tart or anything. It, there's no like tons of ingredients in it. And it's like really cheap. And th that's how Greeks make Greek yogurt. We just strain yogurt. So I love it. Um, Sugar-free low-carb cereal. Be careful with those. <coughs> Losing my voice. Um. <clears throat> Be careful with those because they can still end up becoming carb traps because they're very noshable, right? I, I for one, will never measure my cereal. Like, I'm not going to, I don't know. 
that's triggering for me, you know, to sit there and weigh food or measure food out and stuff. Um, I try to be as accurate as I can for diabetes reasons, because I have to take insulin for the grams and I have to be pretty, you know, um, accurate, but cereal can be really easy for it to go over the top and not just in the sense of carbs and sugar, because it still contains that just not as much as regular is the digestive issues that it can cause because there's a ton of fiber in sugar-free cereal. Um, I don't know if anyone here has experienced what it's like when you get a little crazy with the Catalina crunch. Maybe that's just me. I found it to be a little explosive. I'm just saying. Um, but if, if your goal is not to load up in the morning, I feel like it's just so easy to eat cereal that you could unintentionally do that and maybe not feel the best for the rest of the day. So just, yeah, be mindful of what your ideal amount is every day that you feel good with. So that's the kickstarts. Those were just my kickstarts. Those, you know, use that concept to try and create your repertoire, you know, like your list of go-tos, your grocery must-haves, you know, the ones you order or shop for every week. Create yours that match up with what you're trying to do. Okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Bursts. So bursts are, like I said, like tokens, like they're little, like a burst of calories, like a little cha-ching, you know? So um, cheese portions, like the baby bells or the little like laughing cow cheeses, which I just freaking love. Um, Quest cookies or chips, you know, stuff you can have in your bag. Uh, jerky, pepperoni is great because it's pretty dense in calories. So you really don't need a lot if you're really having a, a high food aversion, like low appetite kind of day. You get more bang for your buck, not having to choke down a lot. Um, pistachios are great. They're also great for balancing out um, estrogen. So, you know, uh, Brazil nuts are also great. They have selenium and magnesium, all kinds of great stuff in them. Um, frozen options like real good foods. I love like the, the uh, enchiladas because they're just super packed with protein and they're very easy to eat. It's not a bit, a huge portion, but they're just like very, I'm like going to drool talking about them. I'm so hungry as I've done this soon. Um, but they're like not dry, you know, at least the red enchiladas for me are not dry. Like I just, and they're easily accessible. You can throw them in a microwave and be done. Um, and then a good old spoon of peanut butter. I guess that could also be a kickstart. I have a couple of clients that's their baby step in the, is to have a spoonful of peanut butter in the morning, just to like have them eating something. Um, but yeah, those are, you know, kind of, I, is this helping? So now start thinking like, what would my bursts be? What would my kickstarts be? You know, um, do you get the concept behind this? <clears throat> helpful, very helpful. Okay, great, awesome. Let me know. If not, again, I never shy away from that. Text me because I want to make sure you get value from it. So that's what I do when I wake up at night, starving. I do a spoonful of peanut butter. Yeah, so love that. Um, it might help you too if you like, I mean, I've never tried a baby cucumber with peanut butter before, but if you want to have them separate, um, I say that because I kind of want to try that. I feel like it would be oddly good, but, um, have something that like you have to chew and break down something with like physical fiber to it at all. Cause that could help too sometimes at least with our stomach acid and breaking it down. So lunch ideas. Okay. Basically the idea for lunch is to take an easy, like something that you had the night before, something in your fridge. You're just looking at it in terms of like components, right? And then throwing it together and eating it somehow for lunch. So taking, you know, dinner from last night, maybe you put it on a on a on some base culture or some carbonate, make it a sandwich. Uh, maybe you stuff it in a pepper and you know, bake it down or microwave it or just eat it raw. Um, maybe you have it on top of a salad, make it a quesadilla, you know, like. These are, there's like little ways to tweak the stuff we have to just make it more exciting to eat the next day. Um, and that's what I try to do if I have to be out of the house the next day at all. You know, um, I kind of, I get really excited because I'll even put it away as like, I'll put it away at the end of dinner as the way I want to eat it the next day. I don't know why I'm not saying that right. Um, like thrown in a Tupperware assembled, I should say for the next day. So this way, like, I actually feel relieved going to bed being like, okay, I don't know about you guys, you know, like I have my lunch prepared or my lunch planned um, because I know during the day it's going to stress me out trying to think of what I want to eat. But if I have it 
kind of set up in like a little Tupperware already, I'm, I know I'll probably just shove it down my gullet and go on about my day. So, <clears throat> and then the lunch and dinner, yo, uh, that was a lunch and dinner hack here is you just put it with a twist, you know, um, like soup. You might say, how do I make a soup? You know how friggin' easy it is to make a soup? Honestly, you take, take some meatloaf from the night before, throw it in a pan with some chopped onions, throw in some cheese, some cream, some chicken stock, garlic salt, and simmer it for a while. How did I come up with that recipe? I didn't. I just listed off a bunch of shit that tastes good on its own that would come together in a way that's like soup. It's really all it is. I promise you. Doesn't have to be. I mean, is the best soup you're ever going to have in your life? Probably not. You know, a French soup that's been sitting there simmering for 16 hours is going to blow it out of the water, but it'll still do. And it's still exciting and it's still yum, like yummy, you know? So finding a new way to do that. Um, adding burrata to anything makes it a better day, in my opinion. Romaine tuna boats doesn't have to be tuna. It could be egg salad. It could be um, instead of potato salad, you could do like um, if you wanted at night to do what the hell is it called? Daikon. Daikon's a great radish type root vegetable to use instead. Um, you can use chopped up cold cuts dressed with like a Italian dressing or whatever on the, the romaine boats. Spread cream cheese on cold cuts, roll it up, put it on a sandwich. Right? Just simple shit that's exciting because it's a little tweaked. Does it make sense? You guys like this? Does this stuff sound gross to you? Tell me your thoughts. I just remembered I have more panna cotta. It's making me hungry. Me too. <laughs> I'm literally eating. <laughs> This is good. I just got to plan like a morning. How about this, everybody? Let's just get on Zoom in the morning and talk about food to start our day. And we'll have no problem being hungry the rest of the day. Just have a food chat. But I am happy to help. I'm going to let you guys go. I'm going to go make my dinner now. Um, we've been salt marinating a big piece of steak in the fridge for like two days now. And I am, that's, that's the one time I'll allow old meat in the fridge. If it's salt brine, it's so good. But I'm going to go make that. I'll put the panna cotta recipe up in the page. If you guys have any other questions or wanted to talk further than this, shoot me a text. If you're waiting on a response from me, I will be finished getting back to all my weekend's text messages, um, hopefully by tomorrow afternoon. All right. So love you guys. Good night.